Antiquated beer laws take out a beer event. The Utah brew scene has a new comeback kid. Untapped just added a new badge of fine beer advocate. This is It's All Beer Hangover Edition. Fuck yeah. Welcome to It's All Beer. When the regular news makes your head hurt, makes you a little bit nauseous, and makes you want to wish for the sweet, sweet kiss of oblivion, uh, we are the Michelada in the morning that helps you get through a day. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. How are you feeling, Tyler? <laughs> and I mean that very specifically. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I went on a week-long bender that hurt very much. I felt okay yesterday morning before i was gonna fly out had breakfast and was like oh no i was just drunk when i rolled out of bed this is bad (laughs) on the flight back made up a whiskey and coke and was like okay couldn't finish it land in denver was like you know what i'm just gonna go with the Coors light that's something light refreshing try to just ease my way back to normal struggled to finish it (laughs) <laughs> like, I, it took me everything I had in, like, 45 minutes to finish one Coors Light. I like, a, there's a two things I like about that. Number one, how you are forcing the hair of the dog upon yourself. Also, from yelling so much in the French Quarter, it feels, and haggling with girls to see their tits and beer vendors on the side of the street selling out of a cooler, I'm pretty sure illegally, and yeah. me trying to lowball them. It's not illegal in New Orleans. But... <laughs> And nothing's illegal there. It's a degenerate Disneyland. We should probably back up a little bit. Um, if you missed uh, last week's episode, I hinted that... Uh, so I actually had a few people in the uh, local brew scene. Uh, I, I I actually entitled our last episode, Tyler's at Last Episode, maybe. Um, the answer is, uh, and a few of you knew that Tyler was getting a new job. It has nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with Tyler going to New Orleans on his bachelor party. And it being a little up in the air whether or not he'd come back. For Mardi Gras. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so between haggling with them, haggling with the others, uh, my throat just felt like it got fucked by steel wool and I'm running on, I got like two, three hours of sleep almost every night. (laughs) Outside of that, I had a nice long sleep last night. Outside of that, I'm starting to feel normal again. Like a BAC of about, I mean, about point zero eight as a po- as opposed to like two point six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jeremy, what are we drinking today? Well, I decided to. Uh, so we uh, in town. The uh, Revision Belching Beaver collaboration has been um, has been the much sought after uh, new release. It, uh, we finally have both of them in town. I uh, decided so we start off with the uh, revision. So what happened was revision and Belching Beaver Brewing got together and they decided to do a couple of IPAs, one at revision and one at Belching Beaver. We're starting with the revision one, the Brewed to Dream. It is, as revision is wont to do, a hazy IPA. And it is like citrus peel, grapefruit, floral nose. I'll concur because all my senses are just shot right now. So... Um, Grapefruit, herbal, tropical fruit, mango. Yeah. Nice sharp bite for a, for a hazy. Um, and for Tyler, it's just something that's going to help take the edge off this. And further dehydrate me even more. <laughs> Wait till we get to the Imperial. We'll, we'll have you back up to normal in <laughs> no time. 
Um, all right. Before we um, uh, we get into it too far, I think we need to uh, acknowledge um, the the big brew news of the uh, of the week. Um, it's and it's a hard one for us to do because we like to keep it light and fun because this is a this is a podcast about craft beer and. Um, it's supposed to be light and fun, but unfortunately... And even beer in general is just light and fun. And, I mean, at worst, it's AB and Bev being assholes, and even that can be funny. But um, but I think we have to acknowledge um, this uh, latest development of the real world intruding on craft beer. Um, and that is, of course, the shooting at uh, the Molson Coors uh, campus this last week. Yeah. Um, you've, uh, you've probably heard it, a, uh, um, a, a worker there who we shall not name, we'll just go ahead and call him a fucknut, uh, went in there and shot a bunch of people. Yeah. From the news I have found, uh, six people died, um, and then the shooter took his own life. Um, terrible hearing it. I just can't fathom why someone would want to do such a despicable display deplorable act such as that um i mean the only good thing you say about it is that i mean the it's the time like this where the the beer community really you do see the community and there's been a lot there's been an outpouring of grief and sympathy and aid i was uh, gonna say and it doesn't even matter from micro or macro level it's it's still the beer community Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's one of those you know they're, they're we still work in the same industry, we fight the same battles, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it was a it was a sad day, and and uh, yeah, our our greatest sympathies go out to anybody affected uh, in uh, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. All right, so we got that out of the way. That sucked, um, but we we're gonna get back into beer news as it should be which is um you know ridiculous and fun and uh, insane so um tyler you want to kick us off today yeah uh, so surly brewing just announced it's going to suspend its darkness day due to minnesota beer laws banning take-home beer sales once you hit the twenty thousand barrel mark We've talked about this law before, have we not? Yes. So there was something I feel in an earlier episode, and I didn't have time to look back through the hangover. So, I mean, uh, what were you possibly doing this week? With more important yeah. than listening to back episodes of this podcast and preparing for this show, uh, getting drunk and throwing beads. You can do that anywhere. <laughs> you can do that at home. Yeah, but then Christina just goes, Tyler. Go to bed. <laughs> Spoken as a man who's tried to use beads to coerce his fiance to show show him her boobs. <laughs> also, quick side note: whoever created beads as a currency down there is just a wonderful human. Because you're like, give you a bead. Nah, how about two beads? Nah, three beads. By the way, there. I mean, there's they they throw sacks of them at you at the oh, parade. So dude, I mean. And off the balconies. I watched a lady get domed by... So did I. I was... Like, the big old ones that are, like, marble size. I went... I So I didn't spend as much time during... I literally had an hour in Mardi Gras. And, yeah, I'm a little bit anxious around crowds. So an hour was plenty. But I went to go see... I saw the parade down Canal Street. 
and I was standing next to this lady who was just going nuts, and they took it in like a full a five pound bag of beads and you think that you see the parades and they're like tossing beads out to people no they take it and they wing it like a fucking baseball and she, didn't undo the bag yeah do not undo that they wing it like a fucking baseball it hit her on the side of the head and she went down like a pound of fucking barley <laughs> well because on everyone on those floats is fucking hammered too so so anyway we're getting way off track but but I think we talked about Minnesota specifically uh, with this law uh, where it basically states that any brewery, once you hit that 20,000 barrel mark, you can no longer, at that point, for the rest of the year, you can no longer sell beer to go. Yes. So you can't do growlers, bottles, cans. A major part of your business. Well, so... What's one of the biggest things about a special beer release? Um, well, usually it's that people line up um, and, you know, usually in a line for hours, if not days on end. You go in, uh, you have a, 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 a um, you have a certain amount at, you know, uh, off draft, and then you take home your allotted amount and you go about your merry way, which uh, you can already see where this is going. Yeah, can't you? I was going to say, uh, so with... Surly hitting that 20,000 barrel mark, they can't sell their big Russian Imperial Stout that they do, that they release on Darkness Day to go. And they thought, we don't want only people to be able to come in and have it there. We want people to be able to take it home, enjoy it with friends, enjoy it with family. So they have canceled it until that law can get changed. Uh, the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild is da, has drafted a new bill allowing the state breweries to sell take-home beer, um, but there's just nothing done yet, and I, I feel that Surly's big enough for them saying, we're going to not do this huge event for this area. Until you fucks basically change the laws to make it normal, I feel like yeah, I feel like we've talked about how there's been some pressure to change the law, and that what we're missing is the I mean a an event of this size. The the good news is that an event of this size being canceled is going to reverberate enough. Hopefully, with cross fingers, can reverberate enough that. People are going to now get serious about you know, holding some lawmakers' feet to the fire. And if there's anything a lawmaker, um, and I've actually learned this fairly recently, uh, uh, this uh, here locally, our homebrew club is trying to get some laws changed in Idaho. And if there's one thing a lawmaker would like to avoid, it's uh, undue recognition for something that may they make may have them to, look bad. I mean, not even look bad. It's more like anything they have to. It, they're like the they're like the uh, um, lawmakers. I think in general, with if no one knew their name outside of the day they got elected, they would love it. They are the, the most of them are like the, the 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 teenager who has the shitty job in the fast food restaurant who's just trying to get through a day without having to do anything. So I mean, work like actions. There was we at we, we at the job work, we work. Yep. There was a legend of the guy who would, like, just stand in shells and, like, move his work arms. Work like and, motions, yeah. Man. work like motions. So, I mean, what I'm saying is that, you know, most lawmakers, they just like to work like motions. 
maybe, hopefully, this gets enough people looking at them going, are you actually doing something? Or are you just doing, no, 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 we're, we're changing. We're changing yeah. this lot. Maybe, yeah. uh, hopefully. I'm... So on Tuesday, March 3rd, uh, at 1 p.m., the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild will have a rally down at the state capitol uh, to garner legislative support for their bill. Uh, everyone is allowed to attend. So if any of you listening are over in Minnesota, go attend and try to shame a lawmaker into changing shitty laws. And if you're not in in uh, uh, Minnesota, I think uh, you should make a road trip there right now. Everybody listening to our voice should just road trip to uh, Minnesota and uh, harass a Minnesota lawmaker because, I mean, what else are you fuckers doing? Yeah, and then when you're done, fly down to Louisiana and harass some lawmakers because... You want to hear an antiquated beer law? Sure, why not? While we're on the subject. Oh, I'm just totally going to left. Sure. It's uh, it is hangover edition, yeah. so if there's any so if there's any time to go off on an irrelevant tangent, uh uh it now is the day. Tyler, the floor is yours. So, went to a local brewery down there. Awesome people. Which brewery? I've... Uh Bureau. Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, okay. Craft Brewing Company or Burux or something. Uh, <laughs> again, they gave me a sticker. Is one of the first places we went to when we got into town, uh, right off Frenchman Street. Um, really, I didn't know there. Was, that was fairly new. Uh, they opened, I want to say, in 2017. Okay, yeah. So. I was aware of New Orleans um, Nola. Uh, yeah, New Orleans uh, Nola uh, Brewing Company. And right then there's there. like South Parish and a couple others. And I mean, the big one in the area is Abita, of course. Abita, not, and then Dixie. Yeah, but um, no, I didn't know there was one on Frenchman. I like Frenchman yeah. Street all the more now. Uh, and they do all these like wild ales, Belgian in style uh, ales, and it was awesome. Uh, I mean, they had a beer called My Neck, My Back. My dunkle, my crack. <laughs> they had a double IPA called Dad Jokes that was, the can looked like Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, oh, I'm so in love with that right now. It, I, I would, if I had checked a bag, I would have brought back some beers that we could have had here, but I wasn't paying 30 bucks to check a bag. So. You son- Now I question your commitment to this podcast, sir. If you're not willing to uh, like pay the 60 or whatever insane amount of money they want to bring beer back from wherever you go, <laughs> sir, I question your commitment. Well, question all you want. But I was talking to them. Good comeback. Because, like, uh, it... The brewery was tiny. I think it was like a seven-barrel system, like, crammed into this little building. And I was like, oh, can you guys self-distribute down here? And he goes, no. To distribute outside your taproom, you have to have a distributor. And he's like, this is the bullshit part. When you sign with a distributor, it's a lifetime contract. Oh, shit. No fucking... The only way out of it is if the distributor drops you. Oh, my God. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, I mean, I think most of our, most people who listen to this understand why that is uh, fucking egregious. But if you don't, um, I mean, distributors are like any other company. There are good ones, there are bad ones, and then there are piss poor ones. And if you get settled with a piss poor one, oh shit. That you're paying 30% to. By the way, yeah, you have to, you have to pay them 
to, to sell your beer. beer. Yeah, I mean, and then have a rep to go out and help sell the beer. So I mean, it's a, yeah, it's kind of a it's a little bit of a racket, but I mean, yeah, you have to pay them a certain amount. Then they you know, and you have to pay them to buy your beer, and then they have a rep who goes out who may or may not give a shit about you. Yeah. So usually so, you have to then provide a rep to sell your beer along with the distributor. Yeah. So, and then if you have, if you get in with one and it, let's say even if it is a solid one, but then they go through like a management change and now they start falling off, you have no way out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, things can things can go at, south at for you. At least in Idaho, you can sign a contract if it shows that they're breaking the contract. You have a way out. I mean, or even if, like, the... I mean, if you start off as... If you start off... I mean, this happens quite frequently. I see that, uh, you know, you get picked up by a distributor. Um, your numbers aren't, you know, aren't what they want to see. They don't spend a lot of time and effort um, promoting you. And you decide you want to go to a smaller distributor who will who has, like, the time and the resources to spend a little more time, you know, giving you some love. But that's... That's insane yeah. to me. Jesus Christ. So, there's your antiquated beer law of the day. From Louisiana. Well, Jesus, I expected... I mean, you, when you get to antiquated beer laws, saddle up, we're about to get there, but Louisiana, do better because you're, 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 you're now... Keep the open container laws, though. <laughs> well done, Louisiana, for the open container laws and that stuff. All right. Brewery comeback news now. Uh, this story comes from Justin Kendall at Brewbound. Um, at, we're going to get into, speaking of antiquated beer laws, we're going to get into the uh, the reigning king or queen of alcohol or of antiquated beer laws, uh, Utah. Um, it turns out, but uh, this is mostly about Uinta, and it turns out that times have not been uh, terribly great for Uinta Brewing out of Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, times are never good if you're trying to run a brewery out of Salt, Salt Lake City fucking Utah. Um, it's kind of like trying to start up a Texas barbecue joint in India. It's, you know, not conducive to the local culture. Texas barbecue's beef, right? Yes. Okay. I was like, I know Kansas City is pork. pork. Uh, That's the joke because, yeah, people in India hold the cow sacred. sacred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you could also, I was was thinking about getting even more granular and, like, saying open up a a barbecue joint in uh, the Kashmir area of India because it's Muslim and uh, and Hindu. And so you... Oh, just... So, Take both pig and but I was, again detour. <laughs> but I feel like your 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 booze-addled brain was not ready to uh, handle the uh, the geopolitical uh, uh, complexities of that at this moment in time. So nope. anyway, <laughs> a bit of history. You went to start it out in 1993 out of a renovated mechanics garage, and they have a strange affinity for a state that uh, you know could give a shit about them. Um, its flagship beer was actually the Cutthroat Pale Ale, the uh, the uh, state fish of uh, of uh, uh, Utah. Um, the they have the Golden Spike Blonde Ale, which of course uh, homage to the Golden, Golden Spike. Spike. Yeah, the last spike in the Transcontinental Railroad. King's Peak Porter after the highest mountain in Utah. And here's something interesting. Uh, you know Doobie? Yeah. Um, I always assumed that. I mean, I knew it was always it was a reference to a star. I always assumed it was a subtle reference to something, shall we say, a little bit, like, subversive. Um, no, apparently Doobie, which is a star in Ursa Major, uh, the Big Bear, the Big Dipper, is the state star of Utah. So, there you go. There's a bit of trivia for you. The state star of Utah is Doobie. 
<laughs> the <laughs> more you know. <laughs> I just found that um, as an also as, as astronomy geek. On top of being, I'm a general purpose. You're geek, a fucking nerd. But I found that nerd. <laughs> found that deeply entertaining. Anyway, um, like most craft breweries, they're absolutely killing it. Uh, it w- from the time they started up until recently, their peak volume of 93,000 barrels. Respectable. Um, it will hit in 2017. And then Craft Beer did what Craft Beer did. And they, like many breweries, uh, found themselves with a bunch of empty fermenters, uh, shrinking market, uh, dr- profits going down the toilet. Having to have a restaurant. Having to have a restaurant. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. It's kind of the story that happened to a lot of big regional powers that, like, really expanded their, uh, expanded their reach and then kind of found themselves in an overcrowded market going, oh, what the fuck, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah, trying to sell beer outside of their home. Um, 2019 was a bit of, and I'm quoting the article here, uh, a retrenching and retooling year for Uinta. Uh, the retooling, I think, in this case, can only mean they were replacing the hammers that they were hitting themselves in the nuts with, and then they were replacing those with shovels, so they could, quote, retrench, which I assume means fill in the hole that they were dumping all their money in and then digging a new hole to piss and shit into because they lost their proverbial pot. Um, I'm saying last year didn't start off too great for Uinta. Um, it was before this podcast got started, but um, about this time last year, they had to recall 20,000 cases of beer uh, due to a, uh, to a yeast contamination. Oh, I remember that was that was a big thing because it affects more than just them. Uh, left hand, so that was I think the White Labs infection yes. that Left Hand sued White Labs over. Uh, I know Grand Teton at the time got hit with it because they used that strain as well, and there was like a class action of like thirty or forty breweries that hopped in on that. Not, I don't think it's, it. It only said there was yeast contamination, but I can only assume it's the same one. I mean, not to get too granular, but yeah, they discovered a gene in yeast that apparently over attenuates. Um, and I mean, I don't, you know, again, the it's a fascinating. It's it's actually really fascinating um, to um, um, if you're again a gigantic nerd. But long story short, there are yeasts that sometimes eat more sugar. And if you don't uh, know that, bad shit happens. The beer does not turn out the way you want. Um, so anyway, so they had to recall twenty thousand, especially if you, especially if you're canning or bottling beer that you think is done because it's hit its final gravity, and your beer is still fermenting in the can. That you're gonna have a bad time. That's bad, okay. Um, so anyway, they had that, and then shortly after that, investment firms had a kind of a hot potato. Um, you know, they were selling off and buying and selling off and buying. Um, their president left and, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a shot at his last name. Uh, Jeremy Ragnese, Ragnese, uh, took over as president in March and, uh, his first move was to pull the brewery out of several markets. They were in 48 states, which I didn't know. Um, they went down from 48 states to 28. Um, and so where, where we find you into these days um, is they are uh, they're down to forty nine thousand barrels um, from or sorry um, yeah they're down to forty nine thousand barrels little over half of where they were a couple In years 2017. ago yeah um so 
What is Uinta going to do? Well, here is their plan for the coming year. Hard seltzer. Oh my god, how did you fucking guess? I, it's, yes, hard seltzer is on their list. <laughs> I mean, they really are pulling out the 2019, I mean, there's somewhere out there, there's a, a playbook called, Is Your Brewery in Trouble? It's like a flow chart. Is your brewery in trouble? Yes, no. Are you selling, are half your fermenters empty? Yes. Okay, then do this. Yes, make a hard seltzer. They are looking into, they haven't like, have a. they don't have a plan for anything yet, but they, but the article says they are looking into hard seltzer, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, no alcohol or non alcoholic. Both markets doing very well. The, this uh, uh, currently. Good luck on the NA that takes some expensive ass fucking equipment. I uh, get the seltzer angle, but um, uh, the other thing they're doing is they're um, they actually got a bit of help this last year uh, from their home state, which is a little unusual. Um, Utah makes up 70% of their sales. Um, and now that they've repealed their 3.5 alcohol, uh, in grocery stores, in grocery stores, which is a huge market, they can now sell their normal run of beer. I mean, you know, the, I could see your faces. I'm reading off some of these names. You're going, where are these beers? Cause all these beers I'm reading off are sold mostly in Utah. And... They don't make it out to Idaho except for Doobie. Doobie and Hopnosh. And Hopnosh. Yeah. I mean, they make a few that make it out to Idaho, but um, I mean, hop, but Hopnosh and well, they're expanding their. I mean, there's not like a whole Hopnosh line. Yeah, they've got. I mean, there's the original Hopnosh. There's the Hopnosh um, grapefruit, uh, grapefruit which they've had for a while. Um, uh, my uh, and then a hazy. Actually, my uh, my Stein rep actually brought me the uh, the 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 Uinta hazy, and it's extremely good. Good. I have to say, very well done from Uinta. Um. And the just the downside with our with our with their local distributor here, I said that was really good. Can I'd like a case of that? Oh yeah, we're sold out. So you know, this kind of goes back to you know how distributors kind of suck sometimes. <laughs> this is a good look example. at it, Louisiana. <laughs> this is this is this is not bad. I mean, on a scale of like you know from from you know uh, ten being um, oh they you can't buy anything. Yeah, ten until one. This is like a. Three, <laughs> like oh, that was really good. Give me a Two case. Two and a half, three. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's not bad, but anyway, not, not their uh, greatest moment. Um, but anyway, uh, besides that, um, wait, hold on. why the fuck did he bring you the sample if he had none available? I think he had some at the time. Okay, but when I but 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 I mean he brought me one and I took it home and I drank it. And then we came back next week. I said I enjoyed that, sir. May I have another? And by, by another, I mean a case of which that I may put in my store and then sell to the general public. That's when he said, oh, shit, we're sold out. Okay. So. I thought it was at the same. You you tried it with him and we're like, oh, yeah, I'll take this. And he was like, actually, no, you won't. <laughs> um, no, I, that's, not, that's not how that happened. No. Um, but anyway, I forgot where the fuck I was, was in all this. Um, but. So they got so yeah the the, the repeal of three point five alcohol uh, in grocery stores they can actually sell their normal run of beer, but the weird thing is, is that um, even with the with the law changing, they are kind of doubling down on uh, on their the low ABV. Um, they're they are actually releasing a bunch of uh, uh, of 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 uh, low ABV beers. Um, and um, they're rebranding them as 
Tyler, you want to take a guess at what they're rebranding them as? Fuck me. Really? I mean, no, they're not the fuck me uh, uh, brand. Do you want to try again? <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, fuck. Locale Hazy Pale Ale? Their Freeform series, yes, is their locale uh, line of beers. Um, oh, my God. They're starting with an IPA. Um, <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> please. You, you see, this is where a podcast is not quite sufficient because there's Tyler is doing like some facial contortions that I wish I wish you could see, but you'll have to. So, <laughs> at my bachelor party, <laughs> we're sitting there, and buddy of mine gets a Miller Light because Miller's big in kind of the Midwest and sure. South. Yeah, I mean, Louisiana's the South, not the Midwest. But yes, sure. but Central Time Zone, but South. Sure, okay, Tyler. Yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with, yeah, Time Zones. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, com- it's the equivalent, you don't see Coors Light on tap out there. It's Miller Light. Fair. Yes, that is correct. So, uh, I'm like, hey, can I see the can? I want to look at something. Do you know what the calories are on a White Claw, Jeremy? I do don't I want to say like 90? 100. 100. Okay. That was actually going to be my first guess, but I went to 90. You know what the calories are on a Miller Lite? I mean, no, but I'm going to say just because it's funny 85. 96. Okay. So I'm like everyone is like let's do these you're making a fucking domestic beer. How do you feel about your, how do you feel now, Tyler? Did you get they got that out of your system? That feel- and everyone's who's like, oh, this is so low calories. I was like, we've had low calorie options for fucking ever. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> feel better? You got that got out, out of your system? A little. You good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. As you were. <laughs> so um, I guess what I'm saying is, you into that's what Tyler thinks of your low cal IPA options. Um, you want to hear the funny part? So what is better than combining a what you have a like a 2020 fad? What do you do to make a 2020 fad even better? You dry hop hop the hard seltzer. Nope. You add a 2018 fad. One of the things they are doing on their freeform series is a locale rosé. Does there's no not a whole lot of uh, information on what the fuck it is, but um, according to uh, Rag, uh, Ragnes, again I'm taking a shot at your last name. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, the uh, rosé scored very high with light beer drinkers and hard seltzer drinkers. And uh, you can expect to see their uh, their locale rosé uh, in uh, uh, in the market come June or July, if I remember correctly. Oh yippee! <laughs> it's like it's like reading off the news to Statler and fucking Waldorf if they were chronic alcoholics, which they probably were. <laughs> the less good- money. <laughs> Um, the good news. Okay. So, and yes, they're doing hard seltzer and non-alcohol, but here's the good news. They're also doubling down on their barrel aged program. Um, they want to, they, they want to, uh, put more effort into their barrel age and small batch special releases, not only to capitalize on the fact that, Hey, we can sell the shit in the grocery store now. Um, but also to help employee retention. Um, 
the uh, the new president uh, points out that having these these small batch helps generate not only interest in the brand but keeps things interesting for the staff. Not only designing new recipes, um, learning new techniques when it comes to barrel aging and blending and all that shit, but also gets a public interested because I mean, what do beer geeks like more than like uh, uh, small batch special releases? I mean, that makes about every beer geek come in his pants. So. Um, that I th- until they walk in and see a fucking seltzer. Until they walk in and see a Uinta seltzer, which point in time I think they beat you to death with your barrel aged beer. I think that's what Tyler is saying to you. Yeah, Tyler. Well, before I end the story, do you have any words for Uinta? No. Uh, I'd like to take a moment here to to do a couple of things. Uh, check in, Tyler. We're like a beer and a half in. How is your hangover now? Feeling good. I am just glad we didn't do this podcast last night when I landed. I really think we should have, though. I mean, I I was working, but I almost wish that you would have come in and we could have, like, done the podcast with me at work and just, I mean, to really see you at the the worst of it. I probably would have thrown up one of the beers. (laughs) Speaking of which, we are now on the Belching Beaver side of this collaboration. The Melty Hops. Um, And thank God it's not hazy. That was the the thing I loved so much about this uh, when that, when, we, when these came in was that the uh, th- this one was not hazy. It's a nice, bright, piney, citrusy, um, boozy imperial IPA, touch sweet, but that's Belgian Beaver style. That's very much on brand for this brewery. Um, I dig the shit out of this beer. Oh, um, it is delicious. I had one earlier today, so. So out of the collaboration, I really, really, really like the Melty Hops. Um, it's uh, so you know I I don't know if there's any competition, but between the two, yeah, Belching Beaver I think killed it on this one. Yeah, I mean both beers were very delicious. Uh, I'm just leaning back towards like the traditional West Coast IPAs, and now have. Having a clear double IPA that not a ton of places do right now, it's kind of nice. And the 8.8% can't hurt at this point in time, can it? Oh, no. I mean, it's not like I'm slamming a fucking cocktail, so. (laughs) All right. Tyler. So up next, we got some more merger news. Woo! Mergers! How's our brewery Deadpool going? Still nothing. We're still zero zero. We suck at this. Okay, but that, but that actually has nothing to do with an actual brewery. Untapped, most notably, the social media badge whore beer nerd fanboy app. <laughs> you go to a beer fest and just stop one day and look around. Everyone is looking down at their phone, going, and just taking sips and tapping away. Um. I I saw this story too, and I actually I don't know. Well, we, we, well we, they finish they to finish the thought before Jeremy Hobson. They purchased Beer Advocate, the last remaining unpurchased kind of beer rating platform because Rate Beer was bought by ABM Bev yes. a year or two ago. Um, I don't know if we're working for the same article, but I found this in uh, Vine Pair um, and from uh, Kat Walensky. Um, I found mine on uh, Brewbound. All right, so who did the better job? Um, but, uh, but I mean, the part I loved about this is because I knew you would have some strong opinions because, um, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead. Again, Tyler, hangover edition, and you seem to be 
storing up some extra pain and, uh, and, and anger for uh, just, just just because. Tyler, give me your general opinion of Untapped. That pause you're hearing right now uh. is actually, I, I can actually see the steam building up in his ears, and I can actually see his eyes turn like a darker shade of red. So, Untapped, I have it on my phone. I I still use it. it. It's cool to be able to look back. Untapped, I feel, was created for good. Kind of like Yelp. Yes. But what no one ever thought of when creating these apps, in the words of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, they were so focused on whether they could build it, they didn't stop to think whether they should. <laughs> Is It then made people feel like their voice matters. And, Tyler, and, and Tyler's trying to tell you is your voice doesn't matter. It is. And if you have a legitimate gripe with a beer, I am all for it. Reach out to the brewery. Uh, I mean, we have a friend of ours uh, who came into the shop that we used to work at. And he loved the Almanac IPA. Always oh, drank yeah. it. And we got it on tap because he was always in almost every day. Have an Almanac IPA. We got it on draft. He takes the first sip and goes, this doesn't taste right. We try it. Nah. So he walks over and grabs the bottle. We pop the bottle. Try it next to the draft. No, the draft is wrong. There's something wrong with this. So he reached out to the brewery directly. Sent him a private message and said, hey, you know, I really like this. I tried it. Even the store tried it. And they were like, oh, you know, thank you so much for letting us know. We'll get a hold of our distributor, have them come by, and we'll get this taken care of. The distributor came by, tried it, was like, nope, that's wrong. Pulled the keg. We eventually got a new keg. Everything worked out great. I am all for that. That, I mean, that is like, I, I forgot about that story, but that is almost like a quintessential, like, beautiful story of... What like, you should do. What, I mean, just, I mean, yeah, shit happens and no amount of quality control can prevent it, um, even if you're a small company, um, especially if you're a small company, really. Um, but um, but yeah, it's just a perfect storm of things working out. Like uh, yeah, he had a fan, tried it, said that's not right. We tried it wrong, and yeah, it just went down the chain to the brewery, and they said, oh shit, and fixed it. Yeah, what I hate is seeing untapped and. Seeing someone rate a beer and go, beer's fucking terrible. I hate this style of beer. And I am like, okay, awesome. You don't like that style of beer. Why the fuck did you order that style? Oh, I know why. So you could check in so when you have the dick measuring contest with Timmy Tallywhacker across the street... You can be like, I have 10,000 chickens. What do you have? Oh, you have 11,000. Well, I better go drink more fucking beer. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, or you're like, oh, I need a new fucking badge. I gotta check in so many of these breweries in this area to get fucking badges. <laughs> and so you're purposely like, if you know you don't like, let's say, sours. Let's say you don't like sours. You know you don't like it. But you want to check it in anyways to have it show up on your fucking numbers or get a fucking imaginary badge. That is one thing. Don't rate it. You don't have to rate the beer to fucking submit the thing. Just say, 
not a fan of the style in general, or don't even put anything. Just check it and hit submit. But to shit on a beer, which then... I personally don't check the ratings of a beer to see if I'm going to order it. Some people do. So if you're shitting on a beer from a local company or if you're shitting on a beer with like a one rating and everyone's one to five rating is going to be different. To me, something may be a four and to Jeremy, it may be a two. But so if I try something... And I don't rate it. And then Jeremy tries it and rates it a 2. But most people think it's a 3. Guess what? Now, that rating's dropping a little lower. Someone's less likely to try it if they base their picks off the app. That is my big problem with Untap. But I think it does a lot of good. Um, I mean, you're I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, but and thank you. How do you feel now? <laughs> a little better. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're just... <laughs> I feel like I don't. We were we were kind of joking uh, leading up to because we were planning on uh, uh, it's all beer hangover edition for a while now that it would just be me in front of a microphone uh, while you just slowly like die and occasionally puke into a whisk, wicker basket that I I can still puke in that wick, wicker basket. Pl- if please, you please please don't. I've had <laughs> there are enough animals that piss and shit in this room um, and only a few of them are me. Um, <laughs> Seriously, I've got a cat, an incontinent cat that thinks that this office is his fucking litter box. But, um, anywho, the, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I for, almost forgot what the point I was trying to make was. Um, the, the, but the, the, I like the fact that, uh, you, the, that hungover Tyler is calm and he's angry and <laughs> I really didn't need to participate in this at all. I just needed to, like, how you feeling, Tyler? Throw I'm, a softball up and just, <laughs> just, just like, I'm still hurt and I'm angry at the world and just put a microphone in front of you and just kind of walk away. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, the part, part I like about the Vine Pair article is that uh, Kat Walensky did a great job of like comparing and contrasting these uh, these two systems and everything you're saying is absolutely right. And I don't think I don't think even like the the fans would disagree with you because oh. it's kind of what happens when you. I mean, it's there. Uh, the 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 two the, the the two platforms just lend themselves to a different audience who look at beer differently who just appreciate beer in different ways um beer advocate started in 1996 and its reviews tend to be like long form they're more thought out they come from a culture of ruminating over beer um, you you grab a you grab a four pack. You take it home. You sit there and pour it in a glass. You take a picture of it and you swirl it around. And you talk about the you know I, I've, a lot of the reviews actually have like appearance, aroma, flavor. Mm. Over, I mean they are almost. And I judged. can't remember if it was them beer advocate or rape beer. They have a minimum character number that you can put. Um, I that. May have been Beer Advocate. I feel like that may have been Beer Advocate. It, it was either them or Rate Beer, maybe both. But it, you couldn't just be like, this sucked. You had to... It was basically you had to write like a minimum of like five sentences to I feel like be able for, to submit. I feel like for good and bad reasons that was Beer Advocate, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it, it does. They tend to be longer and more thought out. 
Um, and actually, Beer Advocate had a print magazine until fairly recently. I saw that in the Brewbound article. Um, it was a monthly until January of 2018 when it became a quarterly. And then April 2019, it stopped entirely. Uh, fun fact, April 2019 was when we started this podcast. So I'm not saying that the founders of Beer Advocate, or the bros, as they are known, saw that what we were doing was vastly superior to what they were doing. And but it, realized it's what happened. It's... <laughs> And realized that their entire magazine was now redundant now that we had a forum to voice vastly superior opinions. But um, not saying that's what's hap- happened, but um, I'm saying that the timing is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, if you know anything about the bros, actually saying shit like that on any platform, not be- only Beer Advocate, but on Rate Beer or anywhere else, will get you banned from Beer Advocate. Because they are famously curmudgeonly. Damn. <laughs> I actually, and the, actually, the fun part is, I was sort of kind of aware of this, that their founders were eh, dickish. Not full but on. But who is it? Dickish. Um, but actually, the, uh, I, in, in, in looking at this uh, article, I actually stumbled upon a, um, a Reddit um, uh, a forum, or, you know, a, 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 whatever you call Reddit thing I'm, reddit thread thank yeah. you thread thread is what i was looking for i found a reddit thread um that was essentially um uh, i'm glad this you know they say they're not changing anything please get rid of the owners because they're dicks mm. and then was just comment after comment after comment after comment of comment of people that either had been banned for saying something about them or had met them and found out they were kind of dicks so Fair enough. <laughs> but um yeah, so anyway, um I'm glad uh, I'm 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 okay with uh, uh that comment being used to ban me from a forum I haven't used for like 5 years now. I I have a beer advocate account, but I don't think I've logged on to it in a number of years. Um but anyway, so that's beer advocate. Um this is versus untapped, which if you don't know, um you, you, you usually access via nap on your phone. Beer Advocate is only access to a browser, like best mm-hmm. used on a desktop or a laptop, but a, a phone is useless for this goddamn thing. Um, untapped app on your phone, um, and it takes its cues from social media. Less thought out, more misinformed beer snobbery, as Tyler gleefully and angrily just explained. It does, I think... I think I think most professionals, most people in the industry can agree. It encourages some of the worst impulses in craft beer. Um, The constant search for novelty, the overhyped releases, um, whole portfolios um, involving uh, that are basically hazy IPAs. um, And then all the things that Tyler said, which is the people, oh, I don't like sours. I'm going to rate it one because sours suck. And you go... Anyone who likes sours is like, oh, it's it's a solid sour. I'll give it a three. And then now you drop it. Yeah. I mean, all those... I mean, it, it turns... It turns over beer rating to the masses. And the masses, not to be too snobby... We're kinda, fine with Coors Light for the longest time. They're kind of dumb. I mean, most people... Listen, the late, great George Carlin said it best... Think about how stupid the average person is, and then realize that half of them are, are stupider d- than that. Yeah. Point, I, I think that makes my point. Um, but anyway, um, 
uh, and I, you touched upon this too. It's like gamified beer drinking because, um, I mean, I, I like how many people I talk to, you know, we get into talking about untapped. I use it sporadically. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's I so- used it for a couple beers when I was down in New Orleans, uh, just so I could be like, Oh, that was really good. I'm going to check that just so I can remember if I'm ever back down here, check out this brewery. That is I, largely what I use it for too, is so I can like, Ooh, this is a good one. I should like, you know, or like either that, or I'm like, I'm going to remember, I'm going to want to remember what I thought about this beer in mm-hmm. X amount of time. So I'm going to write down some notes. Um, but, um, and it's useful for that. Um, but I, I always have to laugh how many, you know, how many people like assume that my, my untapped list is epic because it is decidedly not. I don't think I have a thousand check-ins. I've got over a thousand, but I used to be fairly religious, uh, just cause I had a couple friends that were religious about it. And so we'd all just kind of basically swap across. Yeah. We, we could be like, Oh, that person got a hold of that. Awesome. Uh, and doing some big bottle shares where you're like, Oh yeah, I want to remember this tomorrow. Uh, yeah. There's a couple and those of- add to that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess what I'm saying, I mean, like you said, it comes from a good place. I mean, or you don't want to shit all over Untapped because they 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 make and consistently approve, consistently improve a pretty good app for for I and mean, the Untapped menus. Their menu feature is one of my favorites because now a bar, all they have to do is throw up a little TV, sync it to the Untapped app, pay the monthly fee, and now if. Because not every bar has great seating where you can see the beer menu or all the handles. Mm-hmm. And so if you're sitting in some odd spot, uh, kind of the best place I can think of is like Double Tap Downtown. Yeah. It, from where you're at, you can't see everything. And I don't want to get up and walk over and look at the TV. So I can pull up Untapped and pull, search the venue, pull up the venue, and it tells me everything they have on tap. That's, I mean... I mean, I, I, I'm always, I, I never liked that on the on the tap room side because it's expensive and, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, that is kind of cool. Um, but, um, I mean, it it does come from a good place. They do constantly improve it. Um, it just, they've given it to people and people, by and large, suck. Um, I like how this article that uh, uh, Walensky uh, put together because it kind of compared and contrasts. It all, she almost like, she... She almost compared them as like two generations of craft beer. You've got the the older craft beer, who are the hardcore beer nerds. That I mean, brewed for a while, and you know what? she didn't even classify. It. I mean, it's less more like it's more like a change in culture. It's more like you know these guys come from you know uh, uh, beer advocate comes comes from a time when you had your brew pub that had you know your. She actually said um, you know your your beers according to hairstyles. You're blonde, you're amber, you're stout. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and that's and that was all their, you know, they came from a time when there was like a thousand breweries in the United States. Yeah. And then Untapped comes very much from a new generation where, I mean, uh, where breweries have to be, you have like a core, you have like three cores and then, you know, 15 different. And re- a new beer released every week. Exactly. Um and so there's, it's, it almost comes from like two different craft beer cultures that are, that are trying to come together. And, um, the, the, where she points out the, the merger is actually good is, uh, is pointing out the relative weaknesses. Um, now of course, 
Uh, Beer Advocate, um, as I pointed out, is just a website. They have no app or anything. They try actually try to do an app. And it just it never it, finished. And... Yeah, it tanked spectacularly. Obviously, the people at Untapped are are uh, are good at it. Um, the article starts stop short of saying, "Hey, maybe Untapped will design Beer Advocate a an app." But it is a kind of an attractive idea. I would, I would definitely. I mean, here's the thing: if Brew Adv- or if Beer Advocate started an app, I'd probably migrate most of my activity, such as it is, and probably do more activity over there because I think Beer Advocate's reviews are just better. Yeah. Um, they they are like I said they're more thought out. They usually come from people who at least have a, a fraction of a clue. I was gonna say, and if I am trying to figure out if that a beer would be something I like and I can't try it, I will Google that beer and if I can find the beer advocate and read some people's actual opinion because, like you said, it does break down the appearance, aroma, flavor. Where if I see untaps, untap will pop up first because they're just better at search engine optimization and that. And they're bigger right now. and But I'll be like, nope, no, uh, there's the beer advocate. And I'll read through and be like, okay, yeah, no, that'd be. I mean, when I'm researching beer for this podcast uh, that I can't get here i mean when we were doing when i was looking at beer for little creatures in australia was a great example i went to beer advocate because i felt like there i mean there's fewer reviews but i feel like there's they're a better idea of what the beer is um so i mean if so if beer advocate actually launched an app i would be really interested in that um and the flip side um is that while beer advocate has actually put on successfully a number of beer festivals, including the Extreme Beer Fest that's held in Boston. And it's going on year 17 now? Um, Untapped. Um, did the Fire Festival, basically, <laughs> a beer fest. That's exactly what Vine Pair described it as. Is the so fi- did Brewbound. They did basically <laughs> the same things. I mean, so. yeah, it sounds like they're pretty they're, they're pretty much the same thing. But yeah, they it, it didn't go well, I think is the crux of the idea. They so, refunded, like... 120,000 people? Gee, I mean, so Vinepair didn't go into into uh, detail about the uh, festival. Oh, you they much? refunded more than $120,000 in attendee ticket fees, according to Forbes. That's not great. That's not uh, that's not optimal. Um, so, I mean, I guess if they get Beer Advocate's ability to you know actually put on an event, that's a good thing, too. So, I mean, it sounds like... I mean, so the I mean the the, the 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 key thing to take away is that right now and for the near future, both platforms saying they're not changing. Um, they're still remaining two separate entities with their separate um, clientele, which I think is the right choice. I would stick with that, and then allow them to collaborate across developing an app for Beer Advocate, optimizing your Untapped Festival check-in. And put like a little fucking QR code on every fucking thing so people can just click. One more rant. I feel like you have one more rant to do. No? Are you really done? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. You got no more anger you want to purge tonight. Not on this topic. (laughs) About any topic. We'll see. (laughs) Alright. 
<laughs> that was more or less me uh, ad asking uh, uh, Tyler if he had anything to add. So uh, this has been It's All Beer. Uh, as always, uh, we post all of our stories on our Twitter account. You can find it at It's All Beer 1 because apparently someone has It's All Beer. I'm still trying to work on that. I, that's still pissing me off that we have to be at All Beer 1. Fuck, um, We have an Instagram account, account where you can see what we're drinking. Um, and you can find us at It's All Beer. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, where I post some shit as well, usually a little bit of both. And as always, uh, we love your suggestions about uh, uh, beer news, beer uh, uh, goings-on, and uh, anything you happen to find in the greater beer world. And you can email those to us at... Uh, it, it, it's all beer at gmail.com and, and you know what I think uh, I haven't put a call for it uh, in a while but we still have a few uh, Coors Edge I should have offered one to Tyler saying here have give your liver a break for like maybe 24 hours but instead I you know. <laughs> my point is the offer is still on the table um, if anybody out there you know what? I actually was kind of uh, uh, kind of sad that nobody took me up on like your your hatred for the phrase online when referring to a queue or people standing. Oh, I think Erica actually commented on one of my Facebook posts and tried to do it. I just ignored it. So, um, so I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is, Erica, um, if you're listening. Um, and I'm sure you will be on Monday. Uh, put a review in and make Tyler drink a Coors Edge um, while referring to him being in a queue. That will make him happy, I think. That will smooth over this this rough, rough ep episode that I put him through today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Uh, are you going to have another beer? Uh, probably. All right. <laughs>